Locked and Down, The Reset with Cindy Paluta is brought to you by Salal. Mind, body, Salal. 702 presents Locked and Down podcast. The Reset with Cindy Paluta. Welcome everyone to Locked and Down The Reset. I'm Cindy Paluta and thank you so much for listening in today. We're continuing our journey to a reset and today we're talking about grief. The majority of people living through grief would mainly be due to a loss of a loved one, like a family member or a close friend due to COVID. But researchers have found that some people are grieving the loss of those things we enjoyed before lockdown, which disrupted work, our travel and our friendships, and put an end to some hopes and dreams. Studies show people are suffering with intense feelings of sadness, anger and longing for the life that you once had and the way things were before COVID. So it's hard to believe that just a year ago we all had masks on we had curfews to be home we were still keeping our safe social distance and that's all disappeared but many people are still suffering with the grief and what happened during that time and don't realize that it's what we're going through at the moment so today i'm joined by chris kemp who's a clinical psychologist chris we're jumping straight into it perfect for those who aren't aware of the stages of grief can you give us a brief recap of the stages and just some examples Sure. Yeah. So the most famous one of these is is the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. That's probably the one people might have heard in passing, which was denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I think I've got that right. Um, I think the important thing to remember about that is that, you know, when we've studied grief more, it doesn't necessarily fit into these neat little boxes. I do find it a useful model in terms of understanding some of the things you might feel, but you're not necessarily going to go through these stages in order. You may skip some stages. You may not feel some of these things. But I think it's helpful in sort of understanding the spectrum of feelings you might feel um, when grieving. So that idea of denial is simply that sort of disbelief that something like this could have happened. Um, Maybe you are in disbelief about the facts of what's happened, or maybe you're in denial about your own feelings. So you sort of tell everyone that you're fine, you're okay. Um, And then there's sort of that anger, that feeling of this is so unfair. How could this have happened to me? And this is sort of the same with bereavement if you're losing someone or something like the effect of COVID. And I think anger is something a lot of people feel at the moment in terms of the world as we're experiencing it today because it's sort of one thing after another. First, there was COVID and now someone's having a war in Eastern Europe and bread costs four times as much kind of thing. So it's just sort of this idea of one thing after another, load shedding, power cuts, water disasters. and, And I think everyone sort of feels like they can't catch a break. Um, Bargaining is something you see a lot in bereavement where people sort of feel like I'll do anything to get this person back. Mm. Um, Sometimes that can sort of be a religious thing for them, like sort of I will go to church every day if you just help this person get better or Mm. bring them back to me. And then depression, uh, I think, speaks for itself in terms of just that feeling of extreme sadness you might go through, Um, just feeling hopeless, feeling a sense of despair. Um, which is sort of, I guess, part of the grieving process where you really are starting to kind of accept what's happened or, or realistically process your feelings around what's happened. And the last stage being acceptance, which... Sounds like a little bit too neat of a bow to put on something like this, I suppose, but sort of this idea of not necessarily that you're okay with it, but that you can reconcile that this thing has happened Mm. Um, and you can sort of start to, I don't want to say move forward, but start to sort of process your feelings around it, start to accept, okay, this has happened and my life is going on and I need to now know how to live my life or how to move forward without this person or without this thing or with these circumstances having changed in the way that they have. 
And there's this notion that grieving is not restricted, you know, to a period of time after a person dies, but can also be experienced by those with any kind of sense of loss. So many had a loss of income or a loss of job, loss of relationships, friendships that dwindled due to the, the lack of social contact. A lot of people have said that, you know, their friendship circles have gotten smaller. Can we be grieving a loss of the way things were and uh, what kind of motions could display that? I think that really we can grieve the loss of anything. And I think loss is probably a good way of putting it. Um, essentially, when you're grieving, you are grieving something that you've lost, whether it be a friendship or a person, a job, something that you used to really enjoy. Maybe you were someone who every single year went on a pilgrimage of sort of your friends to some kind of big music festival and you haven't done that in three years and it's, there's a part of it that feels missing for you. And what I always encourage people to do is not to minimize their own feelings mm. or gatekeep their feelings in a way. Sort of like, well, this is stupid. I shouldn't be unhappy about not being able to do this or that. Or people have died and I'm being selfish mm. by being upset that I've lost access to these fun things that I used to do. But everyone's experience is different. Everyone has things that they feel that they've lost. And really, you can't control the way that you feel. So you should never beat yourself up. Two very important points there. The one was people are almost grieving who they were before COVID. I was this fun, energetic person and now I'm not. And now I'm sad that I'm not that person anymore. And of course, the other one, I feel bad that everybody's moving on and going, well, we've got no masks and socializing, but I still want to stay home. The effects are still being felt. Yeah. So I think, remember, I don't know if you remember, or I'm sure you do, but I think it was 2021 where 2020 was kind of the year of COVID and going into 2021 around New Year's, everyone was like, 2021 is going to be the year. This is it. <laughs> and I think all the sort of experts and everyone was saying, okay, but guys, it's probably not going to be over. <laughs> but I think we all sort of wanted to delude ourselves. Mm. And I think that's such a human thing. And I mean, I think it's, you think of New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. It's all not very logical mm. in a sense. It's just an arbitrary, a relatively arbitrary date. But we sort of want to attach some sense of this is over. And I think our minds like to compartmentalize things in that way. COVID was the 2020 thing. Now going into 2021, we're done with that. Everything's going to be fine, which is why I think that was such an incredibly hard year for everyone. Because if anything, things kind of got worse mm. in a way. And now I feel like what you're saying is we're sort of experiencing that same thing. We're now, we're declaring it over in the sense that there's no mass, there's no restrictions. It's just something that we kind of have to live with. But people are still suffering the effects. They maybe lost a loved one or people that they care about and that's not over for them or they lost their job or their business collapsed or they just feeling the huge economic ramifications of COVID. And so it's sort of like we're all supposed to kind of be happy and feel like it's over, but no one's actual experience of it other than, like you say, sort of maybe being able to go out to restaurants now or whatever. It's not really over, which can also create that sense of despair because people start to feel like, well, is it ever going to be over? Still to come on Locked and Down the Reset, I'll be asking Chris for advice on how to handle people dealing different forms of grief. From him, I also want to find out more about something that he terms complicated bereavement. And he'll be sharing those simple tips for how we handle grieving friends, colleagues or family in the best possible way. It's said that health is wealth and in the pursuit of wellness, many are looking beyond medicines that manage symptoms and choosing supplements that can provide real health solutions in support of more holistic lifestyles. 
Solal offers a comprehensive range that combines micronutrients with concentrated plant extracts. Only the highest quality ingredients to nourish your body and mind with essential vitamins for overall health. Mind. Body. Solal. Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset. With Cindy Paluta. You know, when I think back, there were people who lost loved ones for whatever reason, and they couldn't be with them in that moment in the hospital because of COVID regulations. And then following on from that, you couldn't give them the memorial that you wanted to or the funeral that you wanted to because you were limited by numbers or you couldn't have a venue, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's two years down the line or a year down the line or six months down the line after you've suffered this massive loss and you're angry and you don't know why. And it's grief. Yeah, no, I think you're touching on what we, we often call sort of complicated bereavement, which is where there's additional aspects to losing someone that makes that grief harder to process, harder to deal with. And like you're saying, we have many, many different cultures in South Africa and we all have our different ways of grieving, our sort of rituals for putting people to rest that we've lost. And a lot of people didn't really get to do any of that. Mm. Any of the stuff that for them gives them closure, helps them to move on is sort of part of their spiritual and emotional processing. So you have all of these people who've lost someone who weren't able to process it in the way that they need to process Mm. it and are now sort of being expected to move on. And I think the awful thing is with the passage of time, you know, we all have this idea of time heals all wounds and people will start to feel like, well, it's been a year. Aren't you kind of supposed to be over it now? Exactly. And, you know, that's where I say it's important that we don't put pressure on ourselves or others to feel a certain way. If it has been a year, two years since you lost someone and you're still feeling really, really not okay, not just, I want to say sort of what you would expect in terms of sadness of losing someone, but if you feel devastated or that you're not coping it's, it's sort of a, an indication to you that there's something here that feels stuck for you that you you haven't processed it that you haven't been able to process it and that's when we urge people to go out and seek help when should i be worried that i'm stuck in this grief So as a general sort of guideline for this, we often say sort of around three to six months. So if it's been longer than kind of six months and you still feel what I want to say is almost like depressed, that you feel devastated, you aren't sleeping properly, you are struggling to sort of take care of yourself or you can't focus on your work or your other relationships or things like that. I think that is an indication to you that you need additional support, that you haven't been able to just sort of process this in the, I hate to use the word normal, but I, yeah. I'm going to say sort of the normal kind of way. And that it's not that there's like something wrong with you, but it's more, hey, you may need more support mm. with this, especially if during COVID you felt unable to get some kind of closure, you were unable to carry out a sort of ritual or ceremony that that felt important for you it may be helpful to talk to someone to try and figure out how can i gain my own sense of closure how can i process this and just speaking of processing grief what are healthy steps that you could maybe implement in everyday life to help you through this grief the number one thing i always advise people to do is to not try and suppress their feelings It's really important that you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. I always say with emotions, the only way out is through. We can't just put them in a box and and stuff them away. 
it will help for a little while and we can kind of ignore it, but it's going to emerge in other ways. Maybe people are finding you irritable or you burst into tears in the middle of pick and pay or something, you know. It's one of these things where it will find a way to express itself if you don't connect with it. So it's very important to connect with your feelings and also to not, like I said earlier, gatekeep or beat yourself up for what you're feeling. Don't do this thing where you're like, come on, Chris, you're being ridiculous now. You need to get over this. That kind of self-talk is not healthy, even though it's very common. Mm. Um, It's important to say, okay, I am feeling upset. What's happening with me? To try and sort of connect with yourself and what you're feeling, to make sense of it, and then to hopefully try and figure out what it is that you're needing, what might help you to to sort of process things and to be able to lean on others as well. And that's the thing about grief. It, it lurks and it's just there. But if you're able to identify it, it does help with the healing. You know, we speak about grieving as a process. Mm. You know, it's, it's a verb. <laughs> if yes, I can put it, it is. That way. It's a doing word. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it's important that you do allow yourself to grieve and to recognize that grief isn't something that you just push aside and wait for it to go away. Like if I just wait six months, it's going to go away on its own. It's it's an active process. Mm. It's a not a very nice process and it requires you to sit with some very uncomfortable feelings. But it's important to be able to externalize those feelings in some way, whether it's writing in a journal, talking to a friend or family member about how you're feeling or talking to a therapist or, or anyone really to allow yourself to connect with those feelings is really important. And just on the other side of that, if I have a family member, a friend or colleague or somebody who is suffering grief, because the natural human instinct is we want everybody around us to be happy. So sometimes it can be very uncomfortable to support somebody in their grief because you don't know what to say. What should we be doing to help people who are grieving? I think it's so important that if you are trying to be there for someone, you shouldn't place the expectation on yourself to make them happy or the expectation on them to be happy so the worst thing i feel like you can do is to try and cheer them up yeah don't try and cheer them up don't try and distract them be there with them in that grief and and sit with your own discomfort of seeing your friend or loved one crying and upset just comfort them be there in the space with them allow them to cry with you and it's really uncomfortable and we don't like it and we want this person to smile or be happy But if you are trying to cheer them up, it's more about what you need than what they need because you're feeling uncomfortable. But maybe they really need you to tell them that it's okay to feel this way. And like you say, we all sort of went through the same storm, but kind of in different boats, Mm -hmm. you know. So COVID affected all of us very, very differently. There were some people who probably didn't mind that much. Maybe they were homebodies anyway, and their business was totally unaffected and They kind of liked, you know, getting to work from home and they didn't lose anyone. And for them, it wasn't this sort of traumatic experience. Then you have someone who lost multiple family members and and lost their business. But it doesn't necessarily matter how much you lost or what happened to you. It's just about how you experienced it. So you don't have to justify your feelings either. You don't have to say, well, someone died or someone didn't die or I lost this or I lost that. If you lost nothing... That's totally fine if it made you miserable. If it made you miserable, it made you miserable. That's it. Well, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Today. I think our biggest challenge for a reset starts with healing from grief. I asked my community what they are most keen on improving in their lives. And you can still send me your thoughts using the hashtag The Reset on Instagram or Twitter. Honestly, I wasn't too surprised by some of the responses because I can say I feel the same. Most people just want to get living again and be carefree. So in dealing with our grief and trying to get 
get life back to the way it was. It's not a case of getting over it. It's just working through it and accepting it as you heard today. But it's crucial to stop and ask yourself, are you thriving? Are you surviving? Are you struggling? Are you in a crisis? Accept which one or more you are currently in. And if you do find yourself in need of someone to talk to, remember there is the likes of SADAG available to help. Their contact details, 0800-456-789. You can go to lifeline.co.za. There's also griefshare.org. There's lots around you. And I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on Twitter using the hashtag The Reset. So from me, Cindy Paluta, thank you so much for giving me your time. And remember, be kind to yourself. 702 presents Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset. With Cindy Paluta. Locked and Down The Reset with Cindy Paluta was brought to you by Salel. Mind, body, Salel.